I was thinking, uh, you ever have those times when you just got a song on your mind? Just can't get it. Just can't get it off. Uh, so I told the Lord I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, when you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing, no, nothing is going right, close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. You just call out my name. If you want to sing, sing. And you know wherever I am, I'll come running, oh yeah, to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you got to do is call, and I'll be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a friend. Ain't it good to know that you got a friend? Oh, yeah, you got a friend. The other song I was thinking was, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Does it ever uh, astound you what, how, how God views things? When you're reading along in the word and, and we see things that are important, important to Jesus, things that Jesus is talking about compared to what we think or what we might be interested in if we were the, the God of the universe, let's say. Uh, Jesus and scripture are deeply interested in friendships, relationships with others. Doesn't that surprise you? That God would be interested in friendship? Uh, he certainly is. I mean, I know some of you are interested. I, I heard somebody the other day that was talking to me about uh, being unfriended on their Facebook page. Uh, I think... It hurt her feelings. Uh, she was wondering, like, what, what did I do? Uh, what did I, too many, you know, did I have, she, she even said, did I have too many cute kitten videos on there? <laughs> or was it 
something that uh, you know, she had so many pictures of her adorable child or grandchild, you know, hashtag blessed adorable or whatever, so, something like that. Uh, or did she, uh, you know, too many kind of little rants about this or that. Uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't really sure, um, but uh, yeah, maybe some of you kind of know that feeling or what she's struggling with, being, being un- unfriended. Uh, you know, Burger King, a few uh, years ago, uh, decided that they had this new idea of uh, promoting the Whopper. And I don't know if you heard about this, but they, they, they put out there this ad that if you unfriended 10 people, that they would send you a Whopper coupon. The, the idea was you had to sign up for it and all that. So you, you signed up and you told them who you were going to unfriend. And, and what their idea was that they were going to send notifications to all these people that you unfriended, that they were going to send notifications that you chose a burger over them. <laughs> I guess they thought that that would uh, make you want the burger. Well, here's what really happened. In the first one week, it's all it lasted, one week. The first week, 233,309 people got unfriended. That meant that Burger King was on the hook for 23,000 free Whoppers. Well, they cut that ad out right there. Uh, uh, that was it. Um, you know, today we're talking about friendship. Uh, And we're talking about friendship because we're in the gospel of John and Jesus talks about this this concept. He he talks about it in a couple of different ways where he's talking about friendships that we have with each other. We we understand that. But in all honesty, we need training, don't we? Just nod your head. Yep. We need help with it because all those people on your Facebook that you call my Facebook friends, they're not all your friends. Not real friends. But don't, don't write me. About, I, know, I, know, I know. I know you love Facebook. I know, I know, I know all that stuff. Uh, but that's not what he's talking about. Uh, he's not talking about this, uh, anything related to those kind of ideas. He's talking about uh, the kind of friendships that Jesus connects with us about, the quality of the friendships that we have, what difference they make in our life, and then also thinking about our friendship with God. Our friendship with God. That's astounding. So the theme of friendship weaves its way uh, through the story of Scripture and really climaxes at the cross with Jesus calling us into an eternal future of true friendship with God. True friendship with God. So uh, just just some ideas before we read this Scripture. Um, You know, the first problem presented in the Bible was not sin. The first problem presented in the Bible was loneliness, loneliness. Uh, God created the world and he pronounced that it was good. But then he created Adam and the statement that startles us is, it is not good, he says. It is not good for man to be alone, loneliness. This was before the fall. This was before sin had entered into the world. Uh, Adam here is, uh, is not complete. He needed people around him. 
Uh, he needed uh, community around him. We'll, we'll come back to that thought in a little bit. Uh, a second thing about friendship is that friendship is an important theme in the Bible. The Bible tells us the story of creation and uh, the, the sinfulness of Adam and Eve and the breakdown of how sin affected. But God is in the process of restoring friendship with people. You see it when... Uh, Enoch and Noah walked with God, an expression of friendship. Abraham was called a friend of God. Moses spoke with God face to face as he speaks with a friend. So we can see it. Uh, it shows up all throughout the Bible. Jesus talks about it, uh, reminding us of this uh, expression of friendship uh, throughout the Bible. Because, you know, friendship is, is one of the goals of the gospel, Friendship is one of the goals of the gospel. Uh, Christians, uh, we think about salvation, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, uh, but Jesus gives all of us who trust him the privilege of being his friend. We're going to see that spoken in just a moment. He's talking to us about an eternal life uh, with him. As a matter of fact, it's so much so the goal, one of the goals of the gospel that it makes a difference in a church community. You know, it makes a difference that we understand about being friends together. Uh, it, it thickens the church community. I mean, what if the church is countercultural in the community that we live in, a place of love and life? It's a, it's a fabulous place uh, that, we, that we can come together. Uh, we had a guest uh, that came to GLOW a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Glow was our was our women's service, and um, uh, a, a lady that uh, attends here had, had brought a friend, and, and she came to me during the week, and she said, "Pastor, I need to talk to you." And she said, "What is it about our church? I mean, are we doing something like unusual?" Um, you know what she was saying was, "I don't go to church anywhere else. I go here, and what we do here just seems kind of normal." You know why she asked me that? Because the girl she brought was like, where am I? All these women, they love each other. I mean, you can tell that there's something going on here that is different from normal. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? This understanding about what friendship uh, is all about. It, it, it affects our understanding of the gospel, our understanding of God, and even our recognition of our role in the church community, in the church family. Another thing about it is to realize that the cross is history's most heroic act of friendship displayed through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. Jesus wants you to view the cross in terms of love and friendship. I mean, on the night before he died, he explains the meaning of the cross to them. He says, greater love than has no one than this than someone to lay down his life for his friends. So this, this cross moment becomes an expression of Jesus' love and friendship with us. You know, Jesus is our truest friend. Jesus is our truest friend. A lot of people, I think, sometimes hesitate to call Jesus a friend, but Jesus doesn't share that hesitation, right? You might hesitate it, but he doesn't. 
As a matter of fact, he encourages us to embrace him and to notice him that he is not only our glorious king, the savior of the world, the Lord of all, but he says, I call you friend. Friendship shows the world that we belong to Jesus. In this lonely world, filled with loneliness and hurt and broken relationships, uh, imperfect friendships, relationships that are, that are hurtful all around us. This is what Jesus said in John 13, 35. By this, by this, the relationship that we share, how we know God and how we love each other, by this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Later in the same conversation, he, he defines uh, that love for another as he's talking to us about the friendship that he has. Friendship with God then and with one another is intended to be our greatest joy. Our greatest joy in our love for each other and our love uh, for him. So it's clear that everybody needs friendship. There's a hunger for it. The problem is, do we understand it? Do we take the time to create real friends? It takes time and effort to make friends. Amen? It takes time and effort. Jesus talks about the real meaning of friendship with each other and with Jesus. So he mentions the word friends three different times in the scripture. So I'm going to read it for you. I think it'll show up on the screen and it's on the outline for you. Um, if you don't have your outline out, pull it out. We're using that as we follow along today and some things that we can learn together. So John 15 verse 12 is the beginning of our passage today. When, when we get to the word friends, I'm going to let you say it. All right. So you just say it out loud, get your voice all clear. So you help me read the scripture. Ready? My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but say it. I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Say it. Love each other. So this passage uh, that Jesus gives us from the gospel is really all about friendship. Jesus uses the word three different times, the word friends. Uh, so it's clearly the subject of this section. So whenever Jesus uses the word love in, in this passage that he's talking about, he's talking about love in the context of friendship. So why is friendship so important? You know, from all eternity, the father and the son have existed in unity as friends. And being made in the image of God means that we were made for friendship. You and I are created in God's image, which means that we were created for uh, friendship. Um, this is such an important topic. You know, Adam was not lonely because he was imperfect. Adam was lonely because he was perfect. 
That's pretty astounding. It's not a result of sin. It's a result of being created by God. This desire for this longing. All of our other problems in life arise out of sin and imperfections. Loneliness is the one problem that you and I have that we have because we were made in the image of God. You see this early on in creation where the the Bible says that the the Father and the Son and the Spirit, when they're getting ready to create man, they say, let us create man in our own image. What a word that is. Um, You know, words like us. God, the Father doesn't say, I'm going to create him in my image or in the image of Jesus or in the image. Nope, he says the three of them together. It's like they're interconnected. That's why we believe in the Trinity, right? We have the Father and the Son and the Spirit. They are united together. They're all God. They're all individual, but they are united together. And the one thing you know for sure is that they are friends. They are united. Probably never thought about the Trinity quite like that, but that's the interconnection. And then he says, I'm going to create you, and you have that same thing in you. You are made in the image of God. That, that can mean a lot of things. But one thing it means is that you are designed to be interconnected with other people in the world, other people that can that connected together, that we have the same relationship ourselves as we have uh, with God. Now, sometimes uh, we sort of, we struggle. Uh, we struggle at this. Um, you know, we struggle to have good friends in our life, um, you know, Recognizing that uh, they did, they did this survey, um, and they asked the question of people that over the past six months, how many people have you discussed deeply an important matter in your life? And just about uh, over sixty percent of them said that they couldn't think of anyone outside of maybe a, a close relative that they had talked to. That's a problem. Uh, talking, talking to people, thinking about uh, the friendships uh, that we share uh, with others around us. So, um, the truth about friendship, here we go. The truth about friendship is, all this stuff that I've said so far, is to remind you that friendship matters because we were made for it. We were made uh, for it. Uh, Jesus highlights that. He clarifies it here. He's talking to us about, um, about friends, this connection that we have. We see that th- uh, exemplified through uh, the Trinity around us. You know, I, I meet some people that say, well, pastor, I just really don't need friends because, see, I'm working on it all the time. I was at Chick-fil-A the other day, and this girl is talking to me. And, uh, you know, I'm just minding my own business. I'm getting a refill on my drink there, and I'm getting ready to leave. And I just had a meeting there, and she says, um, you've been here for two hours. Why have you been here so long? I thought, well, that's rude. Um, <laughs> I was just in the back corner over there, having, and, uh, and I said, well, I'm the, I'm the pastor of a church, and, um, and I was meeting Pastor Irene, and we have, you know, all this stuff. And she said, where are you, pastor? And so she, I told her, and she said, no. I said, she said, I live near there. Uh, I live in Pekin. And so we start, now, my, woo, I'm, I'm up now, man. I, I, so I'm starting to talk to her. I'm asking a lot of questions. I have no idea if she needs to get back to work or not, but she started it. I mean, come on. 
So I started talking to her and I was thinking about this scripture and, I'm, and I started talking to her about friends, started talking to her about her children. You know, recognize people need friends. So many people have nobody in their life. It hurts me. I see it over and over again because we were made to have people in our life that would encourage us and help us. Now, the foundation of friendship for Jesus is this phrase, love one another, over and over again. The foundation for friendship is to love one another, verse 12. He says that. He's been saying that throughout his past, this whole passage, um, our expression of love one another. Now, I don't know what you think that means. Now, maybe you think that's just being nice to people, or, uh, but it has something to do in this passage with friendship, with the people that we're interconnected with. Now, a true friend, he says, offers personal sacrifice. So how do, you, how do you know if it's a friend or an acquaintance? What, what do you do? Personal sacrifice. He says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Well, Jesus exemplifies that. I don't think that he intends for you to die for every one of your friends, but lay down your life. Offer time. Offer yourself resources. Uh, so Jesus is giving some instruction here. Um, a true friend is uh, devoted and loyal. Uh, those are some expressions of that. You know, devoted is uh, being reliable, being able to be uh, trusted. Loyalty is a term that really we don't talk about a whole lot because there's so much lack of loyalty, uh, you know, because there's, there's not much brand loyalty or church loyalty or loyalty to the customer. That, that girl from Chick-fil-A, she said, well, I've been, I've been thinking about going on church shopping trip. I thought, mm-hmm, I know what that means uh, for us uh, Because finding our place, finding where we can, where, you know, once you find your place in the church, man, I just want you to be settled in what's happening because you're needed here. You, you know, you're not just here today for yourself. You know that? You know, you don't get up on Sunday morning and say, oh, I just don't feel like going today. I don't think I'll go. Come on. You know, even if you don't feel like coming, you know, you're going to feel just as bad here as you are there. I mean, good grief. <laughs> Get yourself up. You know, sometimes you're watching online. Thank you for watching online today. But if you need to, if you need to be here, right? I love we have people watching online, but sometimes they need to be prayed for. They need to be touched. But we need friends. You're here not only for yourself. You're here because there's a bunch of people sitting around you right here. There's some people that need you, that need to be loved and cared for by you. And I'm not just talking about your family. You, gotta, you ought to be friends and nice and kind to them, but there's some people that need to be in, investing in you. One of my favorite things is somebody, when, I, when I'm walking after church, after the, the nine o'clock service and I'm greeting people or whatever, and people that are standing out there or that are walking down the hall, they'll say, what is happening today? Because you know what's happening? Is all of y'all are out there walking around, just, just talking up a storm. But that's what this place is about. You know, it's crowded. Sorry. But that makes it easier for you to run into people and talk to people. You can't just kind of get over there and do your own, right? See, I had this all in my mind there. You can tell. So the scripture says, a true friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in a time of need. If you love someone, you'll be loyal to them no matter what the cost. You'll always believe in them, always expect the best, always stand your ground in defending them. 
Because true friendship is personal. It's being trustworthy. Proverbs says, no one who gossips can be trusted. But you can put your confidence in someone who is trustworthy. Uh, Do you know that the best way to make friends is to know how to keep secrets and keep your mouth shut? Right? To be able to be a person of, of confidence. I mean, if you don't have a person, just a little sidelight, just for a second. All right, I'll come back. Um, if they'll gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. Right? I mean, if it's, it's, if it's in you, if that's the way you deal with things, um, they're, they're going to talk about you as well. So friendship is so important and knowing that we can talk to people uh, to be able to know that what we say, what we share can be held in confidence. Um, God hates gossip. God hates uh, lying and talking about others. Uh, He's reminding us that true friendship is very personal, intimate, and trustworthy. So... um, let me move along here to say, uh, what, what do you do? How do you, in, how do you be a better friend? How do you grow into meaningful relationships? So let's think about our personal friendships and let's think about our friendship with God. Number one, uh, the best way, really, I think the only way to build friendships is to invest the time. Invest the time. Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Do you know that was in the Bible? Because your mom always said, if you want friends, you got to be one. Came right out of there. There it is in the Bible. If you want to have friends, be friendly. Be friendly with other people around. Invest the time. I, I say it all the time. I say it to myself more than I say it to anybody else. If you don't show up, you can't be there. You can't be there if you're not there, right? Josh knows I say that. You know, I talk about this all the time. You know, sometimes I, you know, I, I think, am I going to go? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? You know, I'm trying to figure out my schedule. Well, I know if I don't go, I won't be there. Because the only way is to show up. Invest the time. Now, I can't be everywhere and do everything. Neither can you. But I got to decide what, what's important. Where do I need to be? Where do I need to show up on the basis of friendships? Because deep friendships are not cheap. You must choose where you invest your time and your energy and effort and uh, recognize that God wants you to be able to be that kind of friend. Um, And you just got to stop waiting for people to be your friend. Start waiting on other people. Show it. Show it in your life. You be a friend. You make the effort. You show them because God asked you. God, Jesus was interested in us being friends with those around us. Um, you, know, you know how it feels, don't you? When somebody shows up in your life, when they, they show up and they're there and they are helping you and they're not asking anything in return, you know, but we forget that when we beg for God to send us a friend, but we have to be that kind of friend. We got to invest uh, the time. Don't be interested only in your own life, Paul says, but be interested in the lives of others. That verse right there will, will make you friends. I, get, I, I dare you to live that out for the next two months. Be interested in everybody else rather than be interested in yourself and you'll make new friends. You know, somebody told me the other day, 
you know, they walk in the room and they're, they're, they're thinking about, you know, just wondering, what, what, do, what do people think about me? You know, getting myself dressed and looking good and all that. <laughs> you know what I said? Nobody even knows that you're in the room. Hurt her feelings totally. I'm so sorry about that. I was just trying to remind her that everybody's thinking about themselves. Nobody's thinking about you. So you be the one thinking about others. You want to impact a room you walk in? You care about the people that are in there. That's what the word is encouraging us. Developing these friendships. Invest the time. Number two, earn the trust. Earn the trust. Many people claim to be a friend, but it's rare. Look at that Bible word. It's rare to find someone who is truly trustworthy. So the word of God is encouraging us to uh, earn Earn that trust in our relationships with others uh, around us. Uh, if, you know, we want to build those friends. The friends that you have, they are your friends because you've learned to trust them. There's a big difference between acquaintances and friends. We have lots of acquaintances and very few friends. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 6. Uh, I don't think I printed that one for you. It says, many people claim to be a friend, but it's rare to find someone who's trustworthy. That's the one I read. People don't give their trust automatically. You don't, neither do others around you. Uh, they, we, we earn that opportunity to have that trust. Number three, listen with care. Listen with care. Uh, if you want friendships, listening, I believe, is one of the most important skills in building friendships and building relationships. Uh, we all need to learn how to listen better, right? Just nod. Not him, no, you. Yeah, so learning to listen better. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. So listening with care. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. James 1.19. Number four, uh, accept each other. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Then God will be glorified. Overlooking a person's faults cultivates love, but nagging about them destroys friendships. We all know what I, that feels like, right? We know what that verse is like. Um, looking at our accepting even our flaws. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to approve of everything that's happening around you. It means that we accept them in love just as Christ has accepted uh, us. Uh, the Bible is taught, teaches us about acceptance and accepting others around us. How do we bid, build friendships, invest the time, earn the trust, listen with care, accept each other. And then number five, bring out the best. I am better because of you. That is a great friendship quality. I'm willing to make sacrifices. I'm willing to help. Um, you know, when I'm writing, uh, when I'm writing cards, uh, one of the things uh, I say it to my family all the time. They probably don't even believe it anymore. But I'll often say, my life is better because of you. My life is better because of you. That is, that's such a love and friendship expression because I have this desire to make life better. I mean, what good is it to make somebody's life worse? I mean, like, why? I don't know what that does for her. I think it's a pride thing. That we need to learn to, to make life better. And I, I don't know who's making your life better but make somebody else's life better.
That's Jesus' encouragement to us. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds uh, of each other. So final point here is work at friendships and make knowing God the number one priority. So God wants you to have friendships together, to work at them, to think about them. You didn't need this lesson. You know all these things. You just maybe need to uh, get active in making more friends around you and investing in the life of people around you because God has given you an example. God wants you to make him the number one priority in your life because he longs for you and him to be in friendship together. Just think about it. What kind of relationship does God really want to have with you? Uh, what kind of relationship? Your relationship with God has a lot of different aspects. You know, we could say God is father, God is creator, he's our maker, he's our judge, he's our master, he's Lord, he's savior, he's redeemer. He is so many things to us. But shocking of all shocks, he wants to be your friend. Wow. Me? The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. Pretty simple. To have a relationship with him. In the Old Testament, very few people called friends with God, but Jesus came and changed the whole situation. I mean, radically changed. Came, uh, tore down that veil that was between the people and God. And he said, uh, you don't need a priest. You don't need anybody else. You can go directly to God because the Bible says we are restored to friendship with God by the death of his son while we were still enemies. Now we can rejoice in this wonderful relationship with God all because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. Wow. All because of what Jesus did. On the cross for us. John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants. Instead, I call you my, my friends. What a radical thing that he would offer to it. The word there is the same word that would be used for your best man or your maid of honor in, in the wedding. That'd be somebody pretty tight, right? Um, or it m might mean the, uh, the king might have an inner circle of people. And that's the word he's talking, that's the word he's describing right there, that, uh, that we are friends of God. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, God put us on this planet for us to know him and to love him and to love the people around us, to have friendships and connections with them. No matter how famous you get, no matter how successful, no matter how accomplished you get on planet Earth, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your friend intimately in your life, then you have missed what God wanted for you on this planet. The Bible says God planned everything so that he could get uh, to know you. So making God uh, the number one priority. You cannot make God your friend in your spare time. You make God your number one priority. I told you this many times. I do this every morning. Every morning when I get up, I, I, I say I get re-sanctified. I just get sanctified every because I get up every morning and I'm sitting on the side of my bed and I'm thinking about my day. And before I do anything, I say, dear God, I love you today. I, I surrender my life to you. My number one goal today is to get to know you better. Because if I do everything else that I'm busy doing today and I don't spend time and get to know God better, then I don't, I don't think I fulfill my purpose. 
for what God, but if I get to know God better, it don't matter what happened that day. I still had a good day. I fulfilled the purpose that he had for us. Paul said it like this. Everything else is worthless compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus. I discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may know Christ. Jeremiah said, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Little kid was going to school this week. <clears throat> He's nervous. He's worried about it. It's a brand new situation. You know the feeling. Um, mom's all uptight and they're riding along and they're headed there. And, and um, she's, she's struggling. Mom is because she can see the uncertainty on his face as he's getting ready to go to school. And so uh, she's smart mom. She's talking to him, and, and she, she has this brilliant idea. And she says, hey, buddy, you know that today is a brand new day. You can be anybody you want to today. Do you know that nobody at this school knows you? All that stuff you did, nobody knows that. Nobody at this school knows your sister. Nobody's comparing you to anybody. Today's your day. You get to be anything that you want to be today. He said that, and I thought, wow, that's true for me. Sitting in this room right now, you're not stuck. You don't have to be what you have been, whatever your environment is, whatever things have been done against you. You don't have to stay there. Jesus says, let's be friends, and let's make friends, and let's be what we were called to be right now, starting today.